apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Sanderson looking in, zone for a pass, he's looking for King, intercepted, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down to the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They had a rule and a catch by Manning. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jawing About the Gym in a late-night rendition of Jawing About the Gym. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. I'm Big Jish, joined by King Zay. And Joe Aguirre should be joining us here very, very shortly. But last week was the draft, and we're here to recap it, especially for the New York football Giants. Let's start off with their two first-round picks. Speak of the devil, here he is loading in. But uh, the two first-round picks, there he is, Joe Aguirre. Just as we're getting started, Avon and Evan Neal. Let's start off with Tibbs, uh, a guy that a lot of people were going into the season, into the college football season. He was the number one. He was supposed to be the number one. Everyone's talking tank for Tibbs, tank for Tibbs. So, uh, I mean, got him at five. I know, Zay, you've been very harsh about him as far as, like, his motor goes and that stuff. So, I'm going to start off with you. What, what do you think of this pick coming into the big blue? Uh, best available, I guess. Um, I guess for it fit the need for what they needed. Uh, it was the best available for what they needed at defensive end. All the the two best guys, in my opinion, who I wanted, they were going off the board already. 
with the first and second pick. So I guess the Giants were left with no choice but to take Tibbs. Again, I've mentioned before, I'm not big on Tibbs. I don't think he plays hard. I hope he does play hard now. Um, And then my biggest issue with him is his personality. He's a big personality guy. He does a lot of off-field stuff. He has his own company and business that he also runs off-field. I'm hoping the Giants organization can handle and accept another big personality. We saw what happened with Odell when the personality got too big. They shipped him off. So I'm hoping they can find a happy medium and things can work out. I just want to be an optimistic Giants fan going forward. That's that's all at this point. Yeah. I as far as like his motor and like that stuff, I get why he phoned it in this last season at Oregon. I, I understand that when you're already going to be at least the top, everyone's saying you're at least going to be the number one overall pick. To, to fall to five, that isn't that bad for just phoning it in. I think he comes back in here ready to perform because I think that's what he was doing, saving himself for the NFL so he can get paid. And, yeah, I, I don't necessarily see why his personality will be that bad. But, Joe, what do you think of the Kayvon Thibodeau pick? Well, so this worked out really well for me because the two guys I wanted the Giants to draft were Thibodeau and Neal. And for months, in every idiot mock draft I saw, everybody was like, that's never going to happen. And then there was some talk about Sauce Gardner. There was talk about Hamilton. Which of the tackles, maybe Cross, was going to be a giant. And I think this worked out perfectly for this team i think i think thibodeau and neil are going to be superstars and i i think for the giants to have been in a position to draft as zay just said two great areas of need with literally two superstars because the last time the giants had multiple picks in the first round they struck out with all three picks you know credit to to dexter lawrence and 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 dj obviously still there trying to make it work but DeAndre Baker obviously is long gone. They couldn't have, that draft couldn't have gone any worse. So I, I think if you're a Giants fan, I think, you know, listen, Thibodeau is, is hooking up with Michael Strahan. He understands, I think a little bit better. And Strahan apparently told him like all the cool stuff's going to happen when you're done. Play 10, 12 years, win a Super Bowl in New York and you're stamping your own ticket. And so this is where Thibodeau wanted to be. He's got Michael Strahan, who wants to mentor this guy. I don't think you could be in a better situation. And I think as far as Neil is concerned, he's a monster. There's a monster of a human being. You could put that guy really anywhere on the line, and he's going to dominate people. So, again, these were the two areas of need. We talked about this for months, that the Giants needed an edge guy and an offensive lineman. And I, I think the Giants hit gold with these two. Yeah, and I, and I, uh, I mean, talked about Tivolo Big. Now moving on to Evan Neal. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of big issues. I mean, coming out of high school, he did get to 400 pounds. I know that was a, a issue. I, I don't want it to be a, a Zion Williamson situation here. But uh, I, 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 he's moved past that. I mean, you could see videos of him working out at Alabama. This dude's a freak athlete. He, he, he's another guy that could have gone number one. I mean, any like any of the top eight picks really could have gone number one overall. That's how like wild this draft was. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is another culture change guy. And I talked about it last year during the season. I think this is the guy. 
I, I think with you have Andrew Thomas protecting the blind side of Daniel Jones, and now you have the, the big guy. He he's played anywhere in, on the line in Alabama, so you can put him really anywhere here. He's gonna pull, probably play right tackle. Just run behind Evan Neal. Like this is how the Giants are gonna succeed, and I. I and bringing in those veterans in the uh, free agency as well, I, I think this O line. There's no more excuses for Daniel Jones, so I, I think this is the this is the time. And I, I think this time next year, if Daniel Jones isn't getting it done, we're talking about a new quarterback getting drafted. Again, uh, an issue I've mentioned to you more pre-show. I think the Giants still at least third round should address the quarterback position. Now, granted, those weren't going to be great guys, but at least if you had someone else to maybe, maybe be there in case Daniel Jones has a bad year, because let's be real, the Giants aren't going to sign Tyrod Tiller to a long-term term contract, excuse me, and they're not, I don't believe in, like I said, Bryce Young, CJ Stout, I don't believe in these, these Ohio State, Alabama quarterbacks, I've never been big on them, they've never been big quarterback or big players in the league, and we've seen this over the history of the NFL. It's not like we don't have examples of this. So I'm just hoping the Giants figure it out because there are no big free agent quarterbacks to sign after next year. There's none of that. We missed that window. That was this year. So And we didn't have no money. Who, who you know what? All the trading back to when you had guys like Malik Willis, when you had guys like Matt Corral, you know, why the Giants wouldn't have taken a, a you know, they had multiple second round picks that they that they traded back on. And I listen, I, I'll tell you, I like Wayne Dale Robinson. I think we all know he would have been there in the third round. And so yeah. again, I ask, why not Nicole Dean? Not why not one of the quarterbacks that fell? It, it seemed like it was setting you up for that. Because look, if Daniel Jones doesn't work out and you have to go back to the draft next, I mean, it, it makes more sense to have grabbed somebody now. Patriots did it for no rhyme or reason added a, a a rookie quarterback. So, you know, I, I listen, Tyrod Taylor is there in case this team is good and Daniel Jones isn't. Because if this Giants team can be competitive and he's clearly the issue, then Tyrod Taylor takes over. And like they said, this isn't a long-term situation. So if that ends up how this shakes out, you're back to the draft next year anyway. So, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the way things laid out, it was set up for the Giants to, to make a move in that department, unless they just didn't like any of those guys, and it seems like a lot of the NFL didn't. Yeah. Those end up being the guys. Those are, you know, I swear, it, they do. You hear about the guys who are top this, you know, top picks in the draft, and they two, three years, they're on the bench somewhere. I, again, I just... Again, I don't understand why they didn't dress the safety position a little earlier. You don't have a safety. You let Peppers go. You you, you know, you let um what's um uh, the other cool um safety we have from uh Jesus Christ, it's eleven o'clock, I can't remember his name. Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, yeah. Uh you let Logan Ryan go. You really have no depth but after Xavier um Xavier X Man out there and you um Jesus Christ, Julian Love. Yeah, we're never doing an eleven o'clock show again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Giants have no depth at safety. I I don't understand, and we know that the two guys they have playing safety get injured. These are injury guys, 
and you've replaced them with again. I, I would have wanted Kyle Hamilton. Obviously, he wasn't available for us because of our situation. We didn't That's have enough draft picks. Guy. No, it's not because he's Notre Dame. He's obviously the best talented safety on the board. He's six five. He's a freaking nature. He's he's a, he's an athlete. He would have turned any that that defense around, and he hits. People don't hit in the NFL no more. The Giants have been known for over the years not finishing tackles, not being a good tackling team. We've known this. You could have bought a guy in who's going to lay some sticks. So I don't know what they're going to do at the safety position and quarterback position, but I hope the Giants figure it out. Well, also, uh, the receiver, McBride, was the top available uh, tight end was available to the Giants in the second round. Again, when they traded back, and I thought, that's a huge area of need you have barely addressed. Yeah, I, I will say as far as tight end goes, I think this draft class was very deep, uh, especially like I for anyone from like the third the third to like fifth round could start. And I think Bellinger is a, a great pickup for, for the Giants. Uh, I, I think he is going to be that late round guy who's going to give some uh, – who's going to produce. I, I think it's really just going to be Thibodeau, Neal, and Bellinger, I like Wayne Dale Robinson, but I don't necessarily see him getting on the field too much with that depth that the wide receiver for the Giants really okay, have. <laughs> I mean, it's it, deep, it, but it's also deep for out. a reason. Yeah. 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 But uh, I, I think Bellinger is going to be a guy. I mean, you had Evan Ingram, who was this, like, freak athlete who wasn't really – he was a deep threat. I, I think bringing him a guy – Last year, Kyle Rudolph was really the best tight end we had because he was one of those possession guys, one of those guys that could get you just a couple yards when you need it, and that's what Bellinger is. And, and I think that's I, – I, I was I liked uh, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, uh, uh, Connor Hayward. He was a fullback at, at uh, Michigan State, but he played all over the field. But, I, I mean, look at what has worked for the Giants as far as the tight end position goes, and I think – Getting an athletic guy like that, you, you got the athletes on the outside, get a possession guy. Because, I mean, Sterling Shepard, he, he's great in those instances, but he does get banged up. So, I mean, having a big, durable guy like uh, a, a Daniel Bellinger at tight end, I think he will be seeing the field a lot this season, especially with Evan Ingram out. Yeah, his uh his scores are off the charts, dude. This guy ranks uh the relative athletic score since 1987, 35 out of the 10, uh, 1,014 tight ends that have made it to the NFL. So this guy's got all the talent. He's got all the measurables to be a really, really good tight end. And to grab a guy like that in round four, Jace, just speaks to the to the depth. And again, the Giants, that's why I didn't love all the trading back. There was a lot of good quality guys there that I think would have made an immediate difference. I I also think a little bit, this Bradbury situation is Ugh. a problem because, you know, I mean, we, we, Jason, I think we had talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, if you, you got to get rid of a Bradbury for the money and you, and you draft a sauce Gardner or Stingley Jr. or whoever. It's like, well, that doesn't make your team better. That that's replacing a piece with a similar piece. That doesn't make you better. When the Giants signed Dexter uh, or, or Leonard Williams, to that long-term deal, everybody was super excited, and I was like, "Well, that that doesn't make the Giants a better team now." Yeah, this guy's just coming back, so that you spent a ton of money, and it's the same defense you had. 
So, again, the this was important to me that the Giants addressed the issues. Defensive end and tackle were, and, and boom, done and done. The rest of this draft, I didn't love it, but I think a lot of it was made with financial restraints in mind. And I think that's why the Giants went the route that they did. And it's unfortunate. And I'll be honest, maybe I would have preferred if they would have traded back for next year picks instead of loading up in the fifth round for some reason this year. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, with that being said, I mean, we this year feels different. I mean, obviously it's the Joe Shane. I feel like we're not harping, harping hard on Joe Shane like we would have Gettleman. So how confident do you feel with Joe Shane after this draft for the Giants' future going forward, Zay? <laughs> I am not prejudging any more front offices or coaches of the New York Giants anymore. Because I'll be one of these people who told you I was super confident, hoping that Joe Judge could turn this franchise around. I thought he was going to bring some type of stability. You know, we all said it. We you thought it was going to be a culture change, and it didn't. So I'm just going, like I said, I'm just hoping for the best. Joe, Joe pointed out they dropped the ball in the draft a lot. They made some good picks, but they also missed on a lot of picks. And you're just hoping that those picks that we are thinking that maybe misses, they turn out to be something that we didn't know. And that's, that's like I said, then that'll instill the confidence. But right now, I can't have confidence in a front office for this team. And not, not for a while. Okay. Okay. I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> Giants PTSD. That's what I got. That's fair. I, it, it is. I, I think, you know, listen, you want to be an optimistic Giants fan and you want to think like we got it together, but we thought that with Joe Judge. So, and that didn't work out too great, you know? So we'll see how this plays out. But again, I think what the Giants did in the first round was amazing. And I think that this team is definitely looking up. And this is really literally going to come down to whether Daniel Jones is an NFL quality quarterback or not. Because if it proves that he is, then this team is fine. This team could be in contention this year. If he's not up to the task, this is a big step backwards. And you're back to the drawing board. With all this great talent you've been acquiring, you know, I it's a lot to bank on and we're banking on Daniel Jones. And I think even if you're the most ardent supporter of this guy, you have to say to yourself, you know, can, can I confidently go into this season and assume this guy's going to do the job that he's, that he's ready and he, he's up for the task again with now protection and talent all over the place, a healthy Saquon Barkley, you know, there, there's a, there's a, there's no reason why the Giants can't be competitive this year. No, no. And, reason and again, it's gonna 100% be on the shoulders of two people: Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. If those guys don't play like we think they're capable of, this team goes nowhere. And it's and it's time to consider moving on from both of those guys. It's going to come down to coach, too. One of the big things we always said, they signed Dable, but he wasn't bringing Josh Allen with him. It's going to come down to coaching. 
can he develop the players more so? I understand Daniel Jones might not have it, but can he show us that Daniel Jones can have it? Is he the coach that can develop these players into what we need them to be? That might be the bigger question for the Giants, and that might be what they're banking on, that they can develop Daniel Jones similar to how they developed Josh Allen. That's maybe what they're hoping and banking on. So maybe it comes down to more than just those two players. It also is going to come down to the coach. The coach, we, we've seen numerous times how important it is for the players to be behind the coach because when they weren't behind Joe Judge at the end, things got ugly. Things started leaking out of the locker room. Players were saying things. We were hearing that the coach, you know, players didn't like the coach. Some players liked the coach. Some players had to stand up and, you know, defend him in front of the press. And that's very awkward. So, again, I think it's going to come down to more than two players. You also have to include the coach in that situation. I, I give you that. I'll give you that. Again, I mean, if this guy can get the most out of those dudes, we're in uh, – I'm telling you, this this could be the start of something special. If Dable's not the guy and those dudes don't perform, we're in trouble. And I really hope it doesn't roll out that way. Yeah, I will say, I to wrap things up with this draft, last year coming out of the draft – you, you still had the two bit glaring weaknesses in the edge and, and, and the O-line. And, and now you feel you've at least answered those questions, which uh, that, that's why I'm going to be – I'm very positive of Joe Shane, what he's done so far. So, uh, But now it's just let's ha- see how it performs on the field because that, that's the real determining factor here. And, yeah, I mean, even if they're still – you can see the path – even if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out, you, you're gonna draft the quarterback next year with that first with the first overall pick, and that's gonna or you assume overall. You assume they well, don't win in spite of Daniel Jones and ruin their first chance of getting a top pick. We've seen this before. We've seen this story. These, yeah. players, these players are still playing for their careers. As much as we want them to tank, these players are still playing for their careers unless the coach yeah. is getting paid to tank. And that's something different. But again, there's no allegation. You know, the NFL did their own investigation Oops. on themselves. And yeah, there was there was nothing there. So stuff like that doesn't happen. I'm just saying. But, uh, <laughs> I just had to slip that in there. So no, no, there'll be no tanking for the Giants. Don't worry. Yeah. All right, but uh, start off only five. You might have to. I don't. I don't know about that. All right, let, let's take a break here. Come back uh, and, and look at the rest of the NFL after draft night. Uh, wrap up the Giants stuff. But uh, so let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Come on out for a day of fun to the Cove Kids Classic presented by Clarity. Friday, May 6, 2022 at Lyman Orchards Golf Club to benefit the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Partnership opportunities are available. All proceeds from the Cove Kids Classic support the Cove's free programs. Please consider partnering with us to continue to support grieving children and teens in 2022 and beyond. For more information or questions, call Allison Gamber at 203-634-0500 or email allison at covect.org. The Cove Kids Classic takes place Friday, May 6th at Lyman Orchards Golf Club. Registration begins at 8 a.m. Shotgun start at 9 a.m. on the player course. Shotgun 
Shout out to the Cove Kids Classic. That is this Friday at Lineman Orchards uh, Golf Club. Uh, make sure you stop by, say hello. Uh, there this Friday. Make sure you check it out. So you're gonna be out there signing autographs, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I, everywhere I go, I sign autographs. So <laughs> no, I'm sorry, not autographs. It's uh the slip to pay all the bills. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the invoice. <laughs> yeah. But uh all right. Now let's take a break from the Giants. Look at the rest of the draft. Who won the draft, Joe? If it stopped at the end of the first round, it was the New York Giants, but it kept on going. Uh, to me, I think the New York Jets, I think they're, you know, and I know Zay's excited about his Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I can't wait, right? Boy, they they killed it with this draft. And uh, that, that New York Jets, now if you want to make a prediction, Zay, like they're going to win that division, I think they've got – so much talent on that team right now that, uh, yeah, I, I like everything about what they're doing. Jace, I know you love Wilson. I think that they've done such a great job of taking a team that was terrible. And, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not the terrible football team that it was. And I think if you're a Jets fan, I think, you know, that's the other thing. Look at when you're picking multiple times in the first round, it means things aren't going well. And I think when the draft ends, you want to hear that your team won the draft. That certainly goes a long way after like a three or four win season. You know, it, it feels like a step in the right direction. So, yeah, to me, I think the, the, the Jets hit on, I mean, all sorts of boxes checked. It was great. And I hate the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, with Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson and e even their second round pick in Brees Hall. Should have went to the Giants. Uh, Should have yep. went to the Giants. We traded it. We traded him to them. <laughs> but uh, the that's four potential starters. I mean, I know you got Michael Carter there to compete for uh, the Brees Hall spot. But even in the third round, Jeremy Ruckert, I think tight end. They haven't had a, a good tight end. I mean, the, this tight end class has been is deep. I think I think you're going to see a lot of guys get some quality playing time uh, as far as rookie tight ends go. But, uh, yeah, the Jets did great. Uh, I thought they did great last year, too, and that really didn't turn out into anything. Hopefully he, with another year under Robert Sala uh, can really uh, see at least some improvement from the Jets. But, uh, Zay, who won the draft in your opinion? Whew. Let me tell you, there were, like Joe said, the Giants won the first round, but there were a lot of teams that made moves in the second round. I could easily said the Cardinals, who made a great move in getting Hollywood Brown, knowing that their top receiver is going to be out for the year for whatever he was doing in the locker room. Um, clearly shooting up PEDs. But uh, I thought they did good. I thought the Bills actually did good, too. I thought the Bills getting Cook. Um, getting that running back who they've been looking for for a very long time. I thought they did great in that. But the one team that stood out to me the most was probably the team in our own division, the Eagles, who made a trade and has now acquired A.J. Brown, who we will now see twice a year, of course, so as if we have enough secondary issues that we didn't address. And then there's – the drafting of Jordan Davis, the big guy out of Georgia, who 
going to wreck a lot of teams. That's a big boy. I thought the Giants. I thought the Giants were probably going to draft, grab him. I, I, I thought maybe they were going to do something like that, but they didn't end up taking him, and he ended up going to the Eagles. So we'll see him again twice a year. But I think the Eagles probably, for me, had the best draft out of everybody. Again, adding AJ Brown to that anemic offense, and now he's going to be able to help out, you know, all your other receivers. And it's going to be ridiculous for the Giants to keep up without that secondary. So, with that, I mean, with that trash secondary, I mean, what do we have? A trade away Bradbury. <laughs> Who do we have at corner? Dory Jackson? I mean, uh, it, it, it does suck that the Eagles did, did great. I mean, Jordan, Jordan Davis is a beast. It's going to suck seeing him. Like, him and Fletcher Cox, not a lot of teams are going to be able to run on this, I mean, uh, on on the Eagles. And uh, and then A.J. Brown, the, the, that's really big. I mean, this was a playoff team last year. I think they're prime. To, to win the NFC East, and it sucks to say. Yeah, he's still got a quarterback issue. I wouldn't go that far. Well, also, A.J. Brown, I've had on my fantasy team the last couple of years. You want to talk about a guy that misses a lot of games. He's definitely that guy. I imagine that's probably why Tennessee decided to just draft his replacement rather than pay him all that money. I don't love paying wide receivers $25 million a year especially when I think you probably need a quarterback who's eventually going to make $25 million a year. It's a real burden on a team, and it looks like more and more teams are getting away from paying stud-wide receivers. I mean, again, the Chiefs trading Tyreek Hill. You know, as good as he is, there's outstandingly talented receivers to be had, and teams are aware of that. And so... I think it's more financial balance. I think that's really what it is. I think, obviously, like I said, I mentioned before, the Colts, they have a great surrounding cast, terrible quarterback, because they put their money in their surrounding cast. And when you have a team like the Chiefs, who have a great quarterback who's making all the money, you can't keep a star-studded surrounding cast because it costs too much. So I think it comes down to a money balance. I think that Tom Brady has it down to a science where he takes the bare minimum so they can pay everyone else around him, and that's why his teams continue to win so much. I think it comes down to more of that than anything. And not to mention, you can get these, like Joe said, these stud rookie um, receivers, basically pay them nothing for four years and then get rid of them and move on. Because if they're not a first-round receiver, they don't have a fifth-year option. So you can just do what you have to do at that point. Yeah, very, very true. But uh, getting back to who won the draft, uh, you got none of you guys named this team, but I, I think they, they – Came away pretty well. I got the Ravens. I think the, the Marquise Brown trade, I think there's still giant question marks at wide receiver. But still, I, I think they got better all around besides wide receiver. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, your boy Zay from Notre Dame. I mean, this might be the steal of the draft. I mean, a lot of buzz, him even possibly being the number one overall pick. I mean, this dude's got the leadership. This dude can change the culture. Change the locker room for that defense, I think. So I, I like that pick. Tyler Linderbaum, great center uh, from Iowa. I think that's great. And David Ajabo from Michigan. He, he I mean, I know he's been, he got injured. Uh, he's going to miss some time, but that's he's still a great edge rusher. Uh, just raw speedy. I mean, reminds me of like a Terrell Suggs. Uh, I think just getting him on that uh, 
another guy Giants should have looked into. With uh, the the Ravens, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Could have got him for uh, nothing late. He could have got him for nothing late. Maybe fifth round. Who knows? He's injured. He's tore Achilles. Yeah, but uh, uh and then also, I mean, I, I gotta mention him. We are in CT. Travis Jones, the DT from UConn, the Ravens guy. Since I'm talking about the Ravens, but uh. Yeah, I, I think there's those bunch of guys that are going to start and uh, I think do well, and I think Lamar Jackson. Uh, and they also stacked up on tight ends, which honestly I don't see that all that bad for the for the way the Ravens play. I mean, Mark Andrews is the guy. Just get a bunch of tight ends for the short yarded situations. Don't make uh, don't make uh, Lamar Jackson have to throw the ball down the field all that much. Have him use his legs. If that's the future for the Ravens, maybe that could work. I don't know. But, uh, all right. How'd that work out for Vic? (laughs) (laughs) How'd it work out for RG3? It never works out. Well, I mean, they're juicing up this defense, too. So, that's nothing. A guy like that. Who's he throwing the ball to? He's not Bugs Bunny. He can't throw the ball to himself. He can't play every position out there. Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the game. But uh, all right. You need a receiver, bro. I keep telling you, you need a dynamic receiver, at least one in this league today. You need at least one game-breaking receiver. You just can't do it without it. I, I just, we just had this conversation about the whole Odell should have never been traded. It would We wouldn't have had the financial issue. We would never gave God. How, many, how many Super Bowls did Tom Brady win without a game-breaking receiver? I mean, it's not – I'm sorry, Edelman and, and Anamandola aren't game breaking receivers, dude. No, dude. What I mean those guys can get <laughs> what? Are, you, are you kidding me? Across them okay. That's Tom no. Okay. All right. Tom, Rookie yeah. of the year predictions. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Offensive, I'm wrong. defensive, Joe. Wrong. Who you got rookie of the year? Oh boy. Too early. Mm, I'm gonna say Thibodeau. I love it. I yeah. Love it. I'm going to say 14 sacks just takes over the city, becomes a phenom. The jersey's a, the top seller in the league. I And listen, I, I love this dude, man. I love the personality. I love that he, I mean, he's in the right place to be this. Yeah. And may, maybe, maybe the Jets would be a, a, the only better destination, but I, I think this is a great place for him. And I think having Michael Strahan in his life is going to make a world of difference. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. I didn't say Tiki Barber who would morally corrupt him. <laughs> Listen, Zay, I mean, you can say what you want about his motor, but I think it was just him phoning it in. I mean, he was I, 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 I hate that at least going to how, be- many, how many times do you uh, – I'm going to be the number one quarterback next year, so I'm just not going to go for the Heisman. Like, I'm just going to play lousy because I'm going to be the number one quarterback. Jay, Jay, question for you. Who won the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year? Offensive Rookie of the Year last year? Yeah. Wasn't it um, what you record on the Bengals? Uh, Jamar Chase. You Jamar want to know Chase. what he did the last season in college? He opted out and didn't play the last season he could in college because he phoned it in, got ready for the draft, came back, demolished the competition, got ready for the NFL. I think that's where Kayvon Thibodeau's head was at, and I, I think he will dominate because of that. But uh, who's your rookie of the year, Zay? Who I wanted the Giants to take, Trayvon Walker. 
think he's going to be dominant. I honestly do. And I think the Jaguars team might be on a turnaround. These first round picks might finally start to turn their luck around. I, I always say that the team with the worst record should have the first round pick. That's how you accelerate the process of turning the team around. And, and I think Trayvon Walker's in a position where he's in a team that's up and coming and he will be that leader there on defense. So I think he will be the rookie of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I said he was going to be the lead. That boy's a problem, bro. He can play inside, outside, play off the line. He play linebacker. He is a problem. I thought the Giants Giants could have got him. I bet you he doesn't have more than five sacks this year. He had nine sacks his whole college career. Mm, That's what I'm saying. He's not a producer. He's uh. They should have taken Hutchinson. That's that's what I'm saying. I think Hutchinson is actually going to be the bust. I I wanted Hutchinson, but I'm going back, and I think he's going to be the bust. I don't know why I got that feeling. No, the, the Hutchinson's my my rookie of the year defensively. Dude, I, listen, I, there there's I'm a reason. Thibodeau, there's a reason Kayvon Thibodeau was gonna be the number one pick in the draft. He's got elite level skills. Everybody says so. So yeah. if the question's the guy's motor, well, again, he's making millions of dollars doing this now. In a city where he's, I mean, again, he can he can ride this out for thirty five years in the city, and and be a superstar and do all the things that he's got on his list of things he wants to do beyond football. So, I I I'll tell you, I I mean, dude, again, just in watching his reaction to becoming a giant, and if you watch the phone call with Neil, he didn't he, that could have been any team. He didn't care. Thibodeau wanted to be a giant. Yeah, dude, if you watch the phone call with Neil, he's like, whatever, Giants, Jets, whatever. care. He just wanted to call, and it didn't matter. Uh, Thibodeau wanted to be in New York, and I him falling, I, I almost wonder if it wasn't a little bit designed on his part that he kind of wanted to fall. I mean, it doesn't really hurt him that oh, much dropping that. the fifth. I mean- and he ends up... Dude, he said about two months ago he wanted to be a giant. And on his phone call, he said that he prayed for it and he wished it into existence. I'm telling you, I think think when you get to go where you want to go in a city like New York, at the position that he's playing at, which has traditionally been one that the Giants are known for, again, what what more motivation could this dude need? No, I agree. Look, we hear about this all the time in drafts. We hear the Giants were were faking, from what I hear, Charles Cross. They were faking how much they liked him to throw teams off, and they ended up taking Neil, so that no one ended up taking Neil. So maybe you're right. Maybe he botched his own career to get to where he wanted to be. I don't know. Uh, He didn't botch. That's that's a little harsh. Listen, he might have botched his interviews with those teams so that they weren't interested in him. There were complaints. There were teams that said he had terrible interviews. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I I believe Deion Sanders has said like he's hung up on he hung up on teams, just walked out of interviews and that stuff. So it's I mean it it happens. Yeah, bro. If the if the Jaguars call you up and they're like, we want to make you the number one pick, you're like, oh, do you? But that kid Walker from Georgia, he's great. No. Yeah, but uh, I, I got Aiden Hutchinson. I think the only reason Aiden Hutchinson is above Kayvon Thibodeau 
was because he had that like leadership qualities. Him coming out, he 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 could have came out last year into the NFL draft, still been a high draft pick, but he said no, I want to beat Ohio State, and he he was the leader in that locker room, leader of that defense, and got him and brought him, and they were able to beat Ohio State, which is would like winning a national championship for Michigan. So uh, I think that was really big, and I think that's why I, he's my defensive and offensive. I, I honestly – I think a guy like Kenny Pickett could be the offensive. But I, I think with the stud, with the studs on the defensive end, I think uh, a Mitch Trubisky is going to give Kenny Pickett opportunities to get some playing time in, in, uh, in Pittsburgh. But I think he's got just enough – okay guys to, to produce, and then that defense is still going to be – T.J. Watt's still going to be a beast. And that defense – Minka Fitzpatrick's still going to get be all right. That defense is fine. So I think he's in a, a perfect situation to succeed, and I think he he might – if Mitch Trubisky plays his way out of the starting spot, him taking over and the defense leading them into the, the playoffs – I, I think Kenny Pickett wins the rookie of the year. And that's I the think year. one of those six wide receivers ends up on a team where he makes like 120 catches. Yeah. You, again, you got the extra game too. Yeah. And you're talking about guys that are unlike Pickett going to be starting from day one. Yeah. Not, not when Trubitsky's one and four and, and he takes over. So he's going to, he's not going to have the full slate. You're talking about these, these, Top-notch wide receivers, 17 games starting on day one. I would say look there for your rookie of the year on offense. Yeah, I agree with Joe on that one. I was thinking something like Drake London out in Atlanta where he has Kyle Pitts that can help him out, you know, maybe be a distraction. and Mariota throw it to him? He's got to throw it to someone. Look, Marcus Mariota is a very underrated quarterback, honestly. I would have loved the Giants have taken him. Over Tyron Taylor, in my honest opinion. You know They're what Zay was saying before, before that a quarterback yeah. can't throw a ball to himself, but Marcus Mariota's done that too. Yes, he has. Yes, and I'm, I'm take that back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's has. how good he is. He literally does throw the ball to himself and scores touchdowns on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Giants uh, missed out again. So. There you go. <laughs> All right, but that is going to do it for John about the Jimmy. Uh, we're going to take a break here for the offseason, come back around preseason time, get things going, and into the season. But uh, that's going to do it for myself, Big Jace, Joe Guire, King Zay. That's going to be John about the G-Man. And big shout-out to Clovercrest Media for sponsoring today's episode. Check out clovercrestmedia.com for more information about this podcast and a bunch of other great podcasts as well. So we will see you the start of next football season for more John about the G-Man. Take care, everyone. Sanderson looking in, over a pass, he's looking for King, intercepted, he's going to go down the right side, Lawrence down the 20, 30, down to the 40, he might go all the way. Third down and seven, good jump off the line by Strahan, who gets the sack. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They're going to ruin a catch by Manning.
Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.